Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Linda Ugalo, and on this show I interview artists, healers, changemakers, and entrepreneurs about what fires them up and how they put their dreams into action. Now, when you make a business, sometimes you want to monetize your expertise in new and inventive ways. My guest today, Katie Harris, does just that, empowers nurses to think outside the traditional settings and create new inventive business settings for themselves. Welcome. Katie. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so I love this idea. Where did, where, tell me what you do with it. So I help nurses to take what they already know, their knowledge, their expertise, their years of experience working with patients. And instead of, because a lot of nurses tend to get burnt out after a while and they want to leave the profession. And I'm just like, no, 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 don't leave. You know, there's something that you can do with that expertise. And that's where I help take them from their knowledge base into building a business model. Okay, so that's that's really interesting. So it's not like you're wanting to see like the nursing profession um, necessarily, or maybe you do, to see it broaden, but you want to keep the people who are burnt out inside, but just to reinvent how they're doing it, take away those kinds of, uh, those elements that are burning them out. Yes, and, and really they have, again, like I said, it's such an expertise that they already know. So the average nurse, if she's been working here, she's been working for five years, has about 10,000 patient hours already under their belt. And if that's been in a specialty or whatever they're doing, they have an expertise. They know so much. And part of the problem with burnout is that you get to a point where you know so much and you, you have this expertise, but it's not utilized the right way. There's, there's no creative outlet for it. Uh, so you end up doing kind of the same things over and over, but you don't get the validation you need. You don't get the expression of what you know. You don't have that outlet. So starting a business is something that I've found that nurses could really use as that outlet to just help them to grow more, to share their knowledge, and to be really validated and appreciated for what they do. So going back to like the, the problem, what do you see that's happening inside the, the hospital settings that is not, that could be improved upon? Yeah, and it, this is something that when I look back on my own nursing career, I see it in myself, is that there's this certain learning curve where you're learning how to be a nurse and, and that's all great and you like the confines of where you are. But then you get to a point where you're really, you've gone through the novice to expert series. You know, you've, you've gone novice, intermediate, now you're this expert. But there's no, uh, there's no way to harness that expertise. So you can teach the younger nurses coming in, and that's great and everything. But you get to a point where you're just kind of like, I can do more. But the way that the hospital system is set up, they don't necessarily want you to do more in, in, a, in a way. They want you to keep doing the same thing over and over, which is, which is fine in that hospital setting. But in order to keep growing as a person and as a profession, we need that additional outlet to really express what it is that we can do and that we can take this outside of the hospital system and really provide immense, incredible value. So what are some of the, the types of business settings or businesses are you helping people to create? 
That's uh, a good question. So I have a, a very diverse group of nurses. So my one student, Erin, uh, she's 35. She's recently divorced, two, two little girls at home. She has a passion for personal training. So she's been doing personal training on the side, but, and she came to me and she's like, Katie, you know, I can't really get the clients that I want. And I said, well, you know, Erin, you've been a neuro nurse for 15 years and you have this passion for personal training. We can put this together and create a business. Because one of the things that we tell our stroke patients when they're leaving the hospital, one of the biggest ways to prevent a second stroke is diet and exercise, right? But we don't tell them other than you need to diet and exercise. We don't help them beyond that. So for Aaron to to take a neuro patient, a stroke patient, a traumatic brain injury patient after they've left the hospital and work with them to build up their, uh, their muscle mass, their strength, and really improve their, their strength training, that's a big deal. Because I mean, those patients typically, especially older patients that maybe can't use one side of their body, they're not going to the gym, right? And they hesitate to bring people in because they don't want to bother people or you know they have these unique challenges so to say that uh, typical personal trainers might not be comfortable with so mm -hmm. that's a great example so uh, it's really thinking outside the box yes. of what their nursing expertise is plus other passions they may have and how yeah. to blend the two and offer something that is not being offered yet right exactly yeah do you have some other examples of? Yeah, so another student that I'm working with, this woman, Lori, is, she's just amazing. She's been a nurse, she's uh, got her doctorate degree, she's been doing all these other jobs. Most nurses have like three and four jobs to begin with. And she was just kind of frustrated because she didn't have the, she didn't feel like she was contributing the way that she felt that she could, or she wasn't making a significant, a significant impact. and. One of her passions was helping nursing students. Like, you know, I said, what do people come to you for? And she said, they all come to me to help them write their papers. So, and she's like, I really, really love that. And I said, well, that puts you in kind of like the medical editing type of, of place, but she's a doctorally prepared student. So there's this whole realm of nurses, doctorally prepared nurses that are going through DMP programs. What's a DMP? DMP is um, Doctor of Nursing Practice. Mm -hmm. So they get their doctorate degree in kind of like systems of how the hospital system works. So she has this doctorate degree, and I said a lot of DMP students struggle with writing those papers. So, and sometimes their committees, they can't help them because they're just, they, they don't know where the student, they don't have enough time to work that closely with the student. So we made her the DMP coach. So she changed her LinkedIn profile to say DMP coach, and all of a sudden people just start calling her left and right. They're like, I need your help. You know, my, you know I'm having this problem with my committee. I need to write this paper or, or whatever it is. And it's, it's been really amazing. So she's found that outlet for herself. And it's funny because she called me and she said she got two clients right away and she's like, well, now they're, they're telling their friends about me and they're coming and I'm like, you sound upset about this. She's like, no, no, I, I want this, I want this. But she's like, I wasn't expecting it. Now I've got all these other jobs and I gotta get rid of some of them, so. It's, it's a good, good problem yeah. to have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good problem to have because right. it sounds like she's really enjoying that. Yes, yes. That's terrific. So you must have your personal story of how, like how did you, what, how did this come to your mind? 
so, to help out in this way. Yeah, so I, I've built businesses myself, and it was something that I've always wanted to do. I did my MBA pretty early on because I thought I was going to go into business, but then I got to a point where uh, you know, I really liked what I was doing as a nurse, and I really had become that expert nurse, so I, I saw myself as going in one direction, and by the time I got my MBA, I was, always, I was already that expert nurse. So then I finished up my nurse practitioner degree, and I was working with a neurosurgical group, and really, it just, I loved what I was doing. But then it just got to a point again where I'm like, all right, well, I'm an expert in this and the residents are going on and they're becoming attending physicians and attending neurosurgeons and they're going off and doing their thing and I'm still kind of like in the intern role. It's kind of like you're in this persistent role of um, like you don't move up, you just kind of stay where you are, which it, is, it was okay, it's just that I needed to, I, I need to keep learning, I need to keep growing, I need to keep connecting with other people. So I, I was thinking, well, what else could I do? And it just so happened that one of those days, it was, it was a crazy day. I remember getting a call from the nurse and she's like, you gotta come down and see Mr. Jones or whatever, his wife is downstairs. She's really mad. She doesn't wanna send the patient home. She doesn't wanna take him home because they're scared or whatever. And I'm like, oh, you know, great. So I go downstairs to talk to this patient and his wife. And I remember thinking, I'm just gonna listen to what they have to say. So I went downstairs, I listened to what they said, and they were going on and on about how they weren't ready, they weren't this, it, it wasn't time to go home, blah, 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 all these things. And finally, Mr. Jones, we'll just call him that, said, you know, I'm just scared to go home. And when he said that, I was like, oh, I get it, <laughs> right? Because here you are in the hospital, you have a neurological disorder, whatever it was, you're afraid to go home because in the hospital, if he has a headache and he calls the nurse and the nurse is like, oh, you're fine, you know, it, that's reassuring. And you go home, you have a headache and they think they're dying, right? And it, it's a very logical and normal response that people have. So I said, I'll tell you what, I'll give you my phone number, you call me if you need anything. And I think he called me like twice and that was it. And the one time the guy was like, you know, you should make this a business. And I was like, you're right. I should make this a business. So that was my first business. And uh, I built that out. And when you say that was a business, what was the business? The, the business is, was transitional care. So taking these neuro patients, stroke patients, traumatic brain injury, whatever their injury was, and when they left the hospital to go home, that is the most vulnerable period of uh, what we call discharge in the hospital when they send them home because of the potential to be readmitted into the hospital is very, very high at that point. So to prevent that, re not to prevent the readmission, but to kind of mitigate those instances, if the patient feels like they have somebody to call and talk to about whatever they're feeling or whatever issue comes up, because most of them are minor, um, I could talk to the patient, and if it were something that did sound very urgent, encourage them to come into the hospital. Otherwise, we could just talk through the problem where I'd say, you know, um, you know, I'll just stop over or just send me an email and say, you know, whatever it was. So it was this communication line that they had in that in-between period. So for 30 days after they left the hospital, I had unlimited phone and, and email. And really, they usually just, it was like maybe two phone calls in the first 48 hours, and then nobody would call again. And that was it. That's all they needed. And so is this thing that they would pay for out of pocket? Yes. Or? Okay, so it was, it was not connected with the hospital. It, this was your own business. Yes, yes. So that took me down the whole realm of 
how do I find more patients uh, that have had injury, brain injury, that would need this service? So that took me into the marketing realm, and the marketing took me into a, a whole bunch of different areas, and that's when I just became fascinated with business and marketing. So, <laughs> <laughs> And so then where, where was the transition when you said, okay, I've been doing this for myself, but maybe other nurses need this? Right. I, I mean, that definitely came later because I started a couple of other businesses. One of them is Concierge Nurse Services, where I help patients. Kind of the same concept, but it's only for like a limited to 24 hours. We pick them up from surgery and take them home and stay with them for a few hours. And then IV Hydration Clinic, um, I started that as well. But then I had nurses telling me that they wanted to start their business and they'd come to me and ask me for advice and that kind of stuff. And that's when I realized that that was a business model in and of itself was helping people to start their businesses. Mm -hmm. So I, I've done many, many businesses <laughs> with my students at this point. So I feel like, and I've been very hands-on with it. So I feel like they're my businesses too. <laughs> so I feel like I've started all these businesses with them. So it's been great. That is great. Yeah. So what is it um, particularly do you think, is there anything that nurses get from their experience in the hospital? I mean, yes, they have expertise in their particular unit or specialty, but is there something about the nursing practi practice itself that's uh, replicable or translatable to other business on your own? Because when you're working inside a hospital, it's quite different than Yes. being in business for yourself. Uh, it, it definitely is. And it's a big transition for the nurses as well. And I'll have a lot of nurses tell me that, uh, you know, they, they don't have that expertise or, you know, that, that what they know, they've worked in multiple different units, so they don't have, like, an oncology expertise or a neuro expertise because they've worked in these various places. And, you know, that's when we started talking about, well, what are the other things that you love to do? So I had one nurse who told me flat out that she didn't want to do a business, but then was talking about, uh, you know, how much she loved cooking and nutrition and, and putting recipes together. And I, I was like, well, that's a business, <laughs> you, know? And, uh, you, you know, for heart failure patients. Like we send heart failure patients home and say, don't eat any salt. And that's just silly, right? But we don't show them how to cook without salt or we don't show them how to go shopping or how to go eat out in a restaurant and eat properly, what, what's good for the heart, or for diabetic patients, or COPD patients. I mean, there's a whole gamut. You could just pick any disease, basically, and, and design a diet around that, or, or an exercise program, or whatever it is that you love to do. What's beautiful about these ideas is that it, it seems to be taking you know, what is offered in healthcare and making a very natural extension to it mm -hmm. that's very complementary. Yes. So it's not like an either or, it's more like, okay, now that you're done with being in the hospital, you've got the rest of your life, and we, there are people here who can help you do that. Yes, and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about this because I feel like some people would say that if they went into business or kind of leaving nursing or selling out on nursing, and I see the business as an extension of your nursing and really kind of that... Um, exaltation, I guess, if you will, uh, of your expertise that can be found in a business. And they can continue to call themselves a nurse. Yes. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, d definitely with my concierge nurse services, that's the whole thing is that I'm a nurse and, you know, I have these nursing contacts, so it, it makes it really easy to draw from all of my nursing contacts and, yeah. and finding the right people. It actually reminds me a lot of people who work in corporate 
culture and then decide to start their own businesses. You know, they have a similar, you know, sense of, oh, I'm like leaving that, but they have expertise from that and how can they roll, roll that expertise into their new endeavor? Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good So how, how would you, what are the kinds of skills that people leaving the traditional setting need to learn? So the traditional skills for starting a business and, it, you know, it really depends, you know, because a lot of the nurses will come to me and they'll say, uh, I need to write a, a business plan and a pro forma and I don't even know what these things are and, and that kind of stuff. And it, to me, that's a, it's a very, very small piece of it. Um, yes, of course, you're going to need some kind of business plan and you need to know how much things cost, right? You need that accounting bit of it and you know, have to do your taxes, of course. But for me, the biggest part of starting the business that the nurses don't seem to get when they first start out is building up the marketing end of it and really fine-tuning their message. So it's one thing to have a, an exercise program for neuropatients. It's another thing to be able to articulate that you have this and have people identify and resonate with your message, what you're saying, what you're selling. Because if they don't get that right, it doesn't matter how great their product or service is, people just won't, they won't recognize that it's for them. Um, so that's, that's one part of it. The other part of it is really just understanding that it's not an ATM machine. You know, I, I had one nurse come to me one time and say, what business can I start really fast to make a lot of money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, you know, let me know if, when you find out. Uh, maybe coaching, but even that, like, you have to have um, a message to market match. Like, it has to, to make sense. It has to resonate with people. So, um, you know, those kind of unrealistic expectations of what a business is, mm -hmm. I think that's, that's kind of the hardest part to, to help them understand that the most important part of business it, are the things that they learned in nursing school. How to listen to people, how to like, um, empathize with their pain and their problem and, and what solution they need, and how to find the problem before you provide a solution. Mm. Those are all good yeah. <laughs> things to remember yes. as a business owner. So did you feel like when you started your own businesses uh, that there were some things, the mistakes you made that you thought, oh, I'll not do that again? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Where do I even start with that one? Um, yes, so some of the mistakes that I made early on were just things that I had decided categorically for whatever reason I wasn't going to do. So I wasn't going to do video and I wasn't going to put pictures of myself on my website and I wasn't going to like hard sell anything which you know I, I still don't hard sell what is anything. that hard sell mean so hard sell would be to um, I'm not even sure like put up a, a sign on my website that says things are for sale mm -hmm. <laughs> you know so uh, it was just um, it was a very strange concept for me to start a business and honestly the whole being the face of the business was something that was very difficult for me to come into and, and really um, appreciate that I could do something like that. So. so are you saying that you decided that you do need a photo of yourself on your website <laughs> and you do need to use video? <laughs> so my, my first iteration of my website was uh, just a banner that had, um, it was called the NP Life, which is the name of the parent company at this point. Uh, 
and, and that was it. And there was just like very, very dense blog post. And I remember my brother looking at the website and he was like, no. <laughs> and I, got, I remember getting really upset with him and being like, why don't you just don't know? You don't understand. But then, you know, I, I chased after a lot of shiny objects in terms of, oh, well, you just need this one thing for your marketing and then you'll make lots of sales and you need this thing and then you need this thing. And then finally I was like, you know what? I need a mentor. I need somebody to help me and guide me. And the first thing my mentor said was, you need to change that website. You need to put a picture of yourself up there and let's get some videos. So I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, so one of the things that I do is I help people get comfortable on video. How is it making videos for yourself? It was really, really hard at first. So I went through a program. It was one of those 30 day challenges mm -hmm. to get up on video and stuff. And I remember, um, it, it, talk about self-sabotage. It's like, I remember taking the video. I'm like, all right, I'll do this. I'm gonna do it. I don't wanna do it, but I'm gonna do it. So I, I remember taking the video. It was like dark. I had on a frumpy looking shirt. You know, my hair wasn't done, no makeup. And I was like talking really low and, and grumpy and stuff. And I was like, God, that was awful, <laughs> you know? But I put it up on this line and the, the woman who was running this challenge must have just been a saint because she was like, oh, this looks really great. And I was like, well, you know, I know she's lying, but it makes me feel good <laughs> anyway. So I went on to do day two of the challenge and day three, and then I thought, well, you know, maybe I should fix the lighting. Maybe I could do my hair. Maybe I could put some makeup on. Maybe I could put some effort into it. So that kind of changed things. So by the end of 30 days, I still wasn't completely comfortable, but I'd come a long way from just horrendous. <laughs> And how, so how do you use video now in your marketing? Uh, so now I like to do, I, I will do some videos. So the next kind of big thing for me is going to be Facebook Live because that's uh, very intimidating to do live video. Um, so I've done videos, lots of videos for my courses. I made sure that I did the actual face on camera to, to face to camera type of interaction because I think that's important. And um, all my PowerPoints, I always have like um, part of that that picture. And then um, I've been putting together little sizzle reels and stuff of what I'm doing. So a sizzle reel is, can you describe so, that? So the sizzle reel is just kind of like a one or two minute um, video just showing different clips of me, like maybe in a setting like this or um, speaking to groups or speaking to my students or working with my students. So. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and would you, um, do you think that nurses, this is an area that nurses who are branching out into new businesses need to consider as well? Yes. And I, I know I'll get a lot of pushback on this because they want to do the business, but they don't want to do the videos. And I, I've seen it time and time again, even when I'm talking to my students and I'll say, all right, let's get that on video. And they're like, no, 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 you know, <laughs> put the phone away. And I'm like, it's okay. You can, you know, I got to do my hair. I got to do my makeup. I'm like, no, you, you look fine. You look and why great. is it you think it's important for them? Because I, I think that they need to have that exposure. I think they, they need to be the face of what they're doing mm -hmm. and people will relate to them. They won't be nearly as critical of them as they are of themselves. Mm -hmm. But I think having that face as opposed to a logo is, it's really important. It's very humanizing. And especially when you're working with patients that are very vulnerable, they're being vulnerable coming to you. You need to be vulnerable and meet them at least halfway. Oh, that's really nice. Makes them more relatable. Yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> wonderful. 
Well, I love the work you're doing, and I, I know that you know our society as a whole is going to be better off for it. So yeah. thank you for what you do. <laughs> How can people find out about your work? Uh, so I have free gifts and training on my website. They can go there. It's katieharris.com. And uh, my mom spelt my name with a C, so it's C-A-T-I-E, <laughs> harris.com. So, That's great. Well, yep. thanks so much for coming on today. Sure, thank you. Yes. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you have a reason to be speaking or getting on video in the upcoming time, be sure to download my free guided visualization for speaking confidence. And you can get that at www.lindayugelow.com forward slash speaking confidence. And that's U-G-E-L-O-W.com forward slash speaking confidence. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in the next time for Women Inspired. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.